Hi there and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, then take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget as well, you can join my Facebook community. Just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders or search Amplify Insiders on Facebook and you'll be taken right there. This week, my guest on the show is Matthew Kimberley, and as head of the Book Yourself Solid organization, he knows a thing or two about what it takes to be successful. And if you're in the coaching space, you are in for a treat. But if you're a business owner of any kind, there is so much for you in this episode. Listen in as we discuss exactly how to book yourself solid with the right kind of clients and why you might fall in love with a $1,000 hamburger. So, welcome along, and let's meet Matthew. So this week, I am delighted to finally welcome back Matthew Kimberley to the show. Matthew is a legend in my world, and I'm really excited to get to spend time with you. Anytime I get to spend time near you, I'm excited. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me back, Bob. There's nowhere I would rather be. (laughs) So... You've been on the podcast before, and again, I have to say thank you. You were one of the first people that um, came on my podcast. And back then, I think when you came on, I'd published like three episodes or something. So thanks for that. But for the listener that hasn't listened that far back, and why not? Why don't you start just by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you are? Absolutely. Well, at the time of recording, I'm based in Malta, which is a small Mediterranean island, originally from the UK, although I haven't lived there as an adult. I was about 10 years in Belgium and uh, 10 years now in Malta with a couple of stints in the Far East and elsewhere. And what I do now, after a decade in sales, is I am the head of the Book Yourself Solid organization, which I'll be happy to talk more about in a second. And my role really is recruitment and support of our licensed business coaches. That's it in a nutshell. I think the Book Yourself Solid bit, that's, I know you worked with Michael Port before. Now you're back in, in that world. It's probably the book that I've given to clients most often. And I think the reason I've given it to them is it it gives a really nice systematic approach to building and monetizing your personal brand for people who aren't accustomed to that at all. It's really, really logical, really easy to understand. But rather than me explain what that is, how do you describe it to people? Well, you're absolutely right, Bob, that it's a systematic approach to business formation and business launch and business sustenance. It's applicable to all service business owners and most other business owners as well. It's designed for the person who's becoming a dentist for the first time or becoming a, uh, an attorney or a, a, a gardener for the first time, equally as it's designed to help fine-tune the processes and specifically the sales and marketing aspect of a well-established business as well. It's not new information. Michael Port is the author and now my business partner. He would say that none of the information in there is new. It deals with everything from coming up with a message to or service to market match, which is one of the first 
modules that they'll teach you if you do an MBA, uh, right through to how to get clients through marketing efforts. And none of this information is revolutionary, but the way in which it is packaged and the way in which it is explained and the analogies and the models that we use have struck a chord over the last 15 or 16 years since the book has been released. And the book was first released in about 2015, sorry, 2005. And it's now on its fourth edition. It's been trans- it sold over a million copies. It's been translated into 20 plus languages. And when you say, Bob, it's the most gifted book, you're I'm A, we're hugely grateful, both that it's useful and that it struck a chord and that you're a supporter, but also you're in great company because we hear this time and time again. When people join business coaching franchises, for example, or even online business building programs, very often at the beginning, you know, pre-work is read a copy of this book. So we're thrilled to represent that. It's, it's designed to help you go from not really having an idea to having a booked solid practice. And it's, yeah, there's something beautiful about its simplicity. It's designed for the person who comes to sales and marketing. Because most of us are, are most, of, most of us owner operators have a skill. So we're tradespeople or we're technicians to a certain degree. We have um, something that we can execute, whether that's because we're good at numbers or because we're good at photography or because we're good at developing software programs. And the bit that's often missing from all of these vocational skills that we have is how do I turn this into an ongoing and systematic source of revenue? Uh, lots. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. To, I could t- I could keep talking for the next half hour about book yourself. That's why you're here. Right? I mean, that, 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 yeah, that's why you're here. You, if you're on a roll, you keep rolling. <laughs> so, lots of one of the fundamental tenets of the program is that when you when you sign up to become self-employed or when you start your own business, the barriers to entry are pretty low. And often what you think is, okay, I'm good at this thing. I'm good at making things. I'm good at uh, designing things. I'm good at thinking about things. What I need to do now is marketing. And so many of the programs and many of the appealing strategies for early stage entrepreneurs and even well-established entrepreneurs is to pursue marketing programs as a source of Um, inspiration to get new business. But we actually believe that marketing should be the last thing that you do. Marketing in and of itself does not get you clients. Marketing done well will get you leads, although there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace around that today. There's there's a lot of people who are pursuing, you know, um, uh, applause rather than prospects, uh, people who are looking for validation rather than results in terms of you know, vanity metrics, which which seem to be uh, the flavor of the month or flavor of the year at the moment. But marketing done well will get you leads, but even leads on their own are useless. What you have to be able to do is have a systematic way of converting those leads into happy repeat customers. And so we start with that foundational element. You must understand who your customer is. You must understand who your customer isn't. You must understand what you deliver to them. And believe it or not, that might sound very straightforward, but it's the bit that most of our clients struggle with the, the most. We will spend a lot think, of time. I think a lot of people, deep. I think a lot of the time people have stumbled into who their customer is. And I think that's one of the problems is if you continue marketing the way you marketed, even if you do marketing, 
unless you're very clear on who you're for, you'll just get what you got. And one of the things I remember from reading Book Yourself Solid was this idea of the velvet rope where you need to actually almost like have a have a clear barrier to entry. Absolutely right. It's an exclusionary tactic. You know, how do you cure how do you how do you guarantee that your nightclub or your or your discotheque, I'm showing my age now, will still be <laughs> will still be in business ten years from now. Well you make sure that the experience for your clientele is fantastic. And the only way you can do that is by enforcing a red velvet rope policy. We are for this group of people and we are going to encourage this group of people. And also when we get started, often we don't need to do any marketing, right? Because we've got uh passion we have enthusiasm we have identified two or three people who are going to pay our bills for the first few months or years and therefore we say well is a target market that important and the answer is yes when it comes to actually marketing a target market is not a group of people you restrict your sales to it's a group of people or companies to which you restrict your marketing focus it's quite literally where you target your marketing. And a great analogy for people who've dived headfirst into Facebook ads uh, without any other kind of exposure to um, marketing is, is to say, well, you know, what's your what's your budget and who are you gonna who are you gonna be attracting with your adverts? Because if you say, I want to attract everybody in the world, then nobody's gonna see your ads and your budget is gonna expire after a few minutes. Whereas if you're very clear about targeting your marketing to a specific group of people, you get multiple at-bats, as our friends across the Atlantic would say. You get multiple opportunities to address a small group of people who have existing networks of communication and your message will spread virally, which is quite appropriate for 2020, if if you <laughs> try to spread that message in an elevator rather than in a football field. Right, you're more like people are going oh, to hear like it, right? So you've got to choose that elevator, get in there, and spread your germs around. If you <laughs> want people to be true, if you want your message to go viral, right? So by being too broad, and it doesn't mean that if somebody from outside the elevator or outside of your target market wants to work with you, you say no. On the contrary, you say sure if you can, and if you can help them, and if they pass your red velvet road policy. Uh, but we do a, an enormous amount of work getting that right, and then you have to be able to answer why they should choose you. Because if you can't answer that, they won't be able to answer that. And a lot of people are stuck on that point as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, a surprising number of people. I think one of the problems that I have a lot of the time, I think you probably will recognize this as well, is if you were to point out, we'll take one dentist practice, say, what's the difference between that dentist practice and another dentist practice? Unless they found a really clear way of expressing that, there would be no way of knowing. But if you were to ask those two dentists, are you the same as each other? Like, no, no, of course we're not. We're completely different. But that's so rarely articulated in the business in any way. So I think you're absolutely yeah, right. And, and very often, Bob, the answer is actually found in the precedent work that we've done in the target market. You know, the answer mm. to why should I choose this dentist over that dentist might be as simple as because some of my friends trust this dentist, right? But if so often we can, because dental services are dental services, much as business growth services are business growth services. And we all like to think we've got a unique algorithm, but so few organizations have unique algorithms that or unique, you know, truly unique disruptive um, offers that they take into market that why should we, you know, should we choose to pursue that? I doubt it. 
very often the major differentiator is in our choice of target market. And if we're running a personality-based business, or even if we're not, how we show up in the world. So I might choose Bob Gentle because he's Bob Gentle and because his personal brand identity speaks to me in a way that Matthew Kimberley's doesn't, for example. I hope you're listening, people. (laughs) So another problem I see a lot of businesses have, and Book Yourself Solid really has something clear to bring to this, is you establish your business. You've been around for a while, but you've kind of plateaued. You just get the business that you always got. You're not really playing to your key strengths. You're, You're kind of coasting as a business. And maybe if I were to use the analogy of the dentist again, say you're doing routine dental work, but you really have a gift for or a passion for reconstructive surgery or something like that. A lot of people don't know how to go about expressing this is who I am and what I do. And the Book Yourself Solid practice, it has clear strategies for communicating across X, Y, and Z, building your authority in that space. And it's the authority piece that's really going to, over time, build that trust. So if somebody does want to move off the plateau they found themselves on, how would the Book Yourself Solid framework, if you like, give them a map and a compass for that sure well once we've established our foundation which we more or less covered um in you know in it's a it's a it's a i could talk for i have been talking for a decade about this i say we more or less covered it i've given you a whistle stop helicopter tour of the first three components of 16 total components but once we move beyond the the foundation elements which is making sure we have a product or a service to market match and we're clear on why people would choose us and we know who our target market is and we know who we are and the way that we put ourselves out in the world people will give you the opportunity to earn their trust and they'll do that by making investments in you that you make available to them right so if you are a dentist who only offers emergency dental surgery, then that's going to be the experience that people have with you. They're going to uh, become aware of you, realize they can make that investment in you, make that investment in you, and then move on. There's an enormous hole in almost every business, like no matter how big the business is, in exploiting existing customers for future revenue. And I mean that in the nicest possible way, using very you know direct language there. But what I mean is your best source of future revenue is your existing clients in almost every single case. And uh, we, we in Book Yourself Solid, we look at two very specific notions that we can pretty much immediately implement in pretty much any business in order to see an uptick in, an uptick in, in lifetime customer value. So the first one of those is having a sales cycle. Now, many people confuse this with a sales funnel or a series of upsell opportunities, but sales cycle is more like a carousel. It's uh, if you're a dentist who offers X, like I go to my dentist, he's never once said to me, and I like him and he's local and I'd love to give him more money, but he's never once said, yeah, no, Matthew, you could probably benefit. We're doing this new cosmetic treatment. Would you like to try? You know, Or um, I can fix your snoring. Do you want me to, is that a problem for you? He's never once given me the opportunity to explore other parts of his sales cycle. But the sales cycle says that people will make investments on you directly proportionate, investments in you directly proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. So two things have to be in place for different levels of investments to be made by different people. The first one is they must have the need or the desire for what you're offering. And secondly, they must have sufficient trust to match the level of investment that you're asking. 
We recommend that all businesses, bar none, offer a level of investment which is eyeballs and time only. So, Bob, if I want to get to know you, I might listen to your podcast. That's a great way for me to invest my time in getting to know you and naturally building trust. We have something which we believe is proprietary, which is the always have something to invite people to offer, which is the closest thing to doing endless brain picking sessions um, without any of the endlessness <laughs> that many service providers end up finding. I'd love to pick your brain. Okay, we'll do another coffee. So we have something called and always have something to invite people to offer, which allows people to invest their time in you in real time and have an interactive conversation. That should be free of charge. But then we have, you know, we, we recommend that everybody put other offers in place, including entry-level offers, mid-level offers, ongoing offers, $1,000 burgers, which you won't find in the book. That's a recent addition to our methodology, which is, you know, what, what's the super, super luxe option? Because people will buy the super, super luxe option when it's appropriate for them, but you have to offer it. Don't expect to sell a $1,000 burger in your restaurant if it's not on the menu. But if it is on the menu, some people will buy it, right? So the thing is, trust develops at different times and different speeds for different people. Uh, not and, and of course, the, their need is dependent almost entirely on circumstances. So we need to, rather than push people into a funnel and say, hey, download my thing, then do my online course, then do my in-person program, then do my do-it-yourself thing, then do my done-with-you thing, then do my done-for-you done, then do my agency thing. Instead, we say, look, here's all of the things that we have on offer, and you're going to pick which is most appropriate for you. And we find that this speeds up the um, opportunity for people to make more sizable investments in you without leaving anybody behind. In short, we don't allow anything to be left on the table if it shouldn't be left on the table. And by means of example, I may give a keynote speech back when travel was a thing. I, I would typically speak six to 10 times a year. And typically, if the audience was right, at the end of a 45-minute presentation, somebody would say, I'd like to be a private client. That was depending on the size of the audience and whether they're the right people. And, and that, that's going to start about $12,000 today uh, for an engagement with me. But it took that one person 45 minutes to spend $12,000 with me. And then I'll get back to my hotel room and there'll be an email from somebody saying, hey, Matthew, I've been on your mailing list for the past seven years. I thought you'd like to know I just bought a copy of your book. So this, it took this person seven years to make a $10 investment. And that brings us to the second part, which is keep in touch strategy. So many, I'm going to say 90, I don't have hard statistics, but based upon experience and research, 95% of all businesses can improve their email keep in touch strategies. And that gives people the opportunity to continue to build trust with you and continue to put their eyeballs and their wallets into your investable opportunities by showing up repeatedly. It doesn't mean you have to be endlessly valuable. I don't think you know gardeners necessarily have to become content marketers or publishers or educators. That's a bit of a fallacy that's going around at the moment. Uh, but there are ways to delightfully and effectively keep in touch with people so that you're top of mind and so they welcome you and they think of you first when the need arises. That is pretty straightforward. I, mean, I think everybody would probably benefit from ring fencing a little bit of time for marketing communications media whatever it is i think it does take a little bit of work and it does take a bit of routine but you're right it doesn't need to be complicated i love the idea of the sales cycle i especially love the idea of the one thousand dollar burger that's such a nice way of putting it so 
you recently, fairly recently, isn't it, launched your own podcast, Marketing for Coaches. How is that going? Well, thank you for asking, uh, Bob. It's been uh, the time of recording, which is the beginning of November. I think we're probably looking at about 20 episodes. I drop twice a week. It's a solo podcast. And here's the story behind it. I previously had a podcast called How to Get a Grip. And How to Get a Grip was an interview-based podcast where I spoke to my friends and asked them what grinds your gears and what keeps you sane. And it was largely, it was a lot of fun, hugely appealing to fans of Matthew Kimberley, fans of my guests, and general entrepreneurial types. And I'm glad I did it. And it was an awful lot of fun. And it built trust. There's no question that it built trust with my listeners and my target market. However, Bob, I wasn't following my own advice. So I have come back to, I started with Book Yourself Solid in 2009. I became uh, an integral member of the team, by which I mean I, I became a certified Book Yourself Solid coach in 2009. I became an integral part of the team probably by 2010, 2011. And then I, I had a management position until about 2016, 2017. I then took a couple of years off and uh, self-indulged, created some programs, did some speaking gigs, ran some coaching, took about eight months off in that two and a half year period. And then I realized actually what I wanted to do was come back to be part of something bigger than myself. And honestly, you say, you know, put yourself solid is incredibly simple. It is. And that's its beauty. This is the checklist that you'll, the only checklist you'll need for the rest of your business building career. Now it's nuanced, of course, uh, once you get into the weeds of it, but at the, at the very base level, I've never seen a better organization of the fundamental principles of running a small business. So I was desperate to get back and I spoke to Michael and I said, I'd like to take over the organization. And so we, we, <laughs> how did that conversation go? Well, we cut a deal. Um, Michael was very happy to give it, you know, Michael and I started a, an organization called heroic public speaking about four years ago off the back of the public speaking training we were doing with our business owner, Book Yourself Solid clients. And Michael said, oh my goodness, this is what I was made to do. He's a classically trained actor. He was a television actor. He was in Sex and the City and All Our Days and various other TV shows before he realized that, you know, life as a jobbing actor is is one thing, but life as a uh, best-selling business author, as if it's that simple, you know, was, was another thing. So uh, he went back to his roots and Book Yourself Solid, I recognized that Book Yourself Solid could could do with a caretaker. And so I, I had that conversation with Michael and actually he was thrilled to cut a deal. So we cut a deal and I looked at what we could do with the business and what I wanted to do with the business. And for a very, very long time, for 15 years, what we used to do was we would provide Book Yourself Solid support services to business owners. And one of the benefits of that is we had a ready-made target market, which was the hundreds and thousands of people who'd given us their email address after they bought the book. One of the downsides of that was they were everything from uh, new Etsy store owners or future Etsy store owners to partners in nine-figure law firms. And so part of the issue there was um, finding appropriate and relevant uh, conversations for all of those people at scale in a lean business. And I said, well, perhaps the opportunity here is in uh, training the trainer. So long story short, Book Yourself Solid HQ no longer provides end user services. We do informational stuff. We do free training. We, um, we, We continue to support book readers and business owners in the growth of their business. But 
we pass on all business to our Book Yourself Solid coaches. So I said, if we train the trainer, we're going to reach more people, more uh, relevantly, if that's a word, than trying to do all of that ourselves. So we didn't want to be the bottleneck anymore. So my target market then became trainers and coaches who want to add Book Yourself Solid to their training arsenal. So we've got a couple of groups of people uh, who are becoming Book Yourself Solid license holders. They can call themselves certified coaches or licensed professionals or licensed consultants. We're not too fast, but they're fully trained up in the methodology and they get resale rights to the Book Yourself Solid intellectual property and, it, and all of its material. What we found is there are two groups of people who are interested in this. The first group of people are the people with the existing business consulting businesses. They might call themselves business coaches or sales trainers or consultants or something like that. And they recognize the value of having a it's a, I, I don't like to use the word business in a box because that has connotations, but it is a turnkey training solution. We'll train you yeah. and a week later or two weeks later, you are ready to give a paid workshop. And some of our coaches have seen a return um, on their annual investment within a couple of weeks because they have an existing client base and they contact them and say, hey, new offer. It's almost like they're buying Book Yourself Solid, wholesale and selling at retail. So there's yeah. that group, people who want to add an extra source of revenue to their coaching business. And the second group are the pivoters, people who want to become consultants or coaches based upon their previous professional experience, but they don't want to go it themselves, which was exactly my situation. I used to own a recruitment company. I was a sales manager. I was a CEO. And when I decided to become a sales trainer slash business coach, I just wanted this the framework that was proven and already existed. So it's a shortcut to starting a new coaching business. Uh, and, and one of the things that we do is we provide them with uh, all of the materials they could need, including contracts and swipe copy and PowerPoint presentations and workbooks and um, the, all the assets that you might need for a, a knowledge-based business. But then there's the support. So the, the secret hidden extra is the mastermind uh, for of like-minded people we meet at the moment four times a week obviously that's optional but you could you'll have four dates a, a week in your calendar if you want to jump on a coaching call with some very experienced coaches which i i lead most of those so my position then bob was that my target market changed from readers of book yourself solid to coaches hence the podcast marketing for coaches it allows me to talk about something which is very very dear to my heart which is supporting the professional training industry uh whilst at the same time building a list and building awareness about the fact that we have this um supplemental method of supporting business coaches so i have so many places i could go with that <laughs> i think what what the one thing that obviously springs to mind is lots of people listening will be central to or peripheral to the coaching space. I think a lot of people who listen to this show have an element of their business which is done for you and an element which is more advisory or consultancy, which is just a hop and a skip from coaching. So when you're looking at who is a great fit for a Book Yourself Solid coach, what's your, what, what does your dream coach look like? That's a great question. Uh, up until now, Bob, it's been based upon the intangibles. It's the red velvet rope policy. You know, we have coaches in there who run eight-figure franchises. We have coaches who are just getting started working with alternative therapists after a lifetime of alternative therapy. 
but they've all got something that they can bring to the conversation. And I am far less interested in professional CV or professional resume than I am in whether you are somebody who can add value is a horrible word, but I'm going to use it. Someone who can add value to the organization with regards to the financial investment. It's a, I, 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 you know, I can, I continue to get grief from my peers about the fact that it's, <laughs> it's very affordable. If you, if you're, a, if you're a serious career coach and by career coach, I mean, this is what you've dedicated your life to, not that you're coaching people in their careers, but your career is in coaching. And, and you use our help, then it's kind of a no-brainer. But we've also got, Bob, I mean, we've got people in there who have come to us because they want to get their law practice booked solid or they want to get their chiropractic practice booked solid. And instead of hiring a coach, which is probably more expensive, which which could well be more expensive than, than becoming a coach. And when you become a coach, you get access to all of the coaches four times a week, right? So we're, yeah. we're if you you know come straight to the source if you're interested in in that. So we do have a number of coaches who are just using it internally in their business. I don't have a I don't have an ideal client, but I'd like yeah you know, I'd like someone who takes responsibility for themselves, um, somebody who recognises that world class intellectual property has a has a price label attached to it, and who's prepared to be coached you know we 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 my my only job now is to support our folk our coaches in the pursuit of their business goals because when they're successful their clients are successful and any typical call will be 50 percent. what about your business and then people come to that brain trust or to that advisory board with client issues so I've got this client who's trying to achieve this. What do you guys think? So actually, by hiring a book yourself solid coach, you you kind of almost get access to all of the book yourself solid coaches at one step removed. So something I'm curious to ask you about is you've been around the book yourself solid world for a while. You've worked with lots of different coaches. You've seen coaches of all different stripes, inside and outside of book yourself solid. If you were to sum up, sort of when you're looking at people and their practice and what, and I'm talking about being successful as a coach, but also successful as somebody who builds a coaching practice. What are you looking for in somebody that you think they're really going to, they're going to fly? Communication skills are front and center. And that doesn't mean they have to be fantastically garrulous, loquacious, and eloquent speakers. That doesn't mean that at all. But being able to clearly communicate is a massive asset for any business owner. So that's important. I find that if if there are problems in communication at the application stage, then this is historically I found this because we've had some kind of coach licensing program for a decade or so, but we changed we changed it to a, a, a more affordable ongoing fee rather than a lifetime license recently. So I've interviewed hundreds of coaches and communication skills are front and center. They're critical. The second thing is a lot of people come with me included and probably you included, Bob, you know, a certain amount of uh, baggage, which waves us down to a certain degree, uh, in as much as we are contained within our concept of what is normal. And just this morning on one of our calls, we were talking about the massive leaps and bounds that you can take as a coach and therefore deliver to your clients if you're prepared to explore a new normal. And often that means being prepared to be coached. What's the difference between the coach that quotes £200 a month and the coach that quotes £2,000 a month. 
Well, in terms of their competence and in terms of their ability to affect change, often absolutely nothing, right? But it's often to do with the level of normal or the exposure that they have had. If you've grown up, I, I grew up in a neighborhood where £25,000 a year was the standard, if not something to aspire to. And that's still true for you know some of my family members. Um, but by breaking through that, and there's nothing wrong, there's zero judgment around that. But a good book yourself solid coach is going to explore they're going to be open this is a very long-winded way of saying they're going to be open-minded that there is another way of doing things mm. i think yeah they're being coachable not being too egoistic and yeah just accepting as you said there are other ways of doing things i think a lot of people are very fixed in their mindset i think i've i've worked around athletes quite a lot and you can see quite clearly those who are open to trying and those that have accepted they can't that word can't can often be a problem yeah we won't take whiners i don't like whiners. I find, <laughs> I find them to be an energy drain you know anyone who looks for reasons why something won't work now the other thing that we don't do we're kind of the antithesis to the bro marketers um we believe that we can learn from everybody so when we see the yellow highlighter uh, crowd who say that you know the the true measure of a good coach is how many millions they make. We know that there are things that we can learn from them in terms of marketing best practices and how to close a sale. But we also have a slightly different set of measurements for what makes a great coach. Um, I think it's fantastic that some coaches are earning multiple millions of dollars a year. Um, I would argue that their business model is not necessarily coaching at that point, although it may well be, you know, I, I don't want to talk in broad brushstrokes because that's unfair to everybody, but we have a slightly different set of values and we've got plenty of book yourself solid coaches who are very clear that what they want is an income of 75,000 pounds a year and Fridays off. And we support Which, all of these people in their goals. Yeah. So I'm going to move off book yourself solid then. And I want to ask you about, your book because i'm gonna put my hand up at this point and say i haven't read it but i love the title and i know you've changed it recently so it's how to get a grip um it was a, now i've avoided it was originally I've, called how to get a grip and it was re-released by my publisher got bought by another publisher because it was originally released about a decade ago and my publisher was bought by another publisher who decided to re-release it under a, a sweary title because they were <laughs> jumping on the you know, on the probably the fast disappearing bandwagon uh, of of books with with sweary titles. Well, it looks fantastic, but what is? I mean, the book's called "How to Get a Grip." What's it actually about? Who's it for? It's for me. It was written when I was at the end of my tether. I'd, I'd got my dream of being a business owner, and I was running a recruitment professional recruitment company for te uh, professional as opposed to um you know white collar recruitment company as opposed to blue collar recruitment company i was dealing with it professionals who cost multiple thousands of euros a day sometimes i was selling those to large organizations it was a corporate setup and i hated it i was the boss and i hated the job i really you know i'd hit the snooze button every morning in year two and a half it took me 25 minutes to walk the three minute walk to work because i found oh, there's a new coffee shop I should probably explore, which is a bad sign when it's the CEO who's doing that. So I was in a in a position where I, I was disappointed in myself. I was in a fractious relationship with a business partner. Uh, my son had just been born. I was worried I wasn't seeing him. And so I started writing as a means of therapy, I guess. I was like, get a grip, Kimberly. You, you're okay. 
You've got everything you could possibly want. You own a company. You don't have any debt. You own a house. You have a beautiful family. Why are you so miserable? Get a grip. And I wrote it online in a blog. And each of these was kind of 300 to 500 word missives. And about, I'm going to say about 10,000 words in (laughs) to the blog, I got an email from someone who said, we'd like to turn this into a book. And it became how to get a grip, the book. And it, it's, it's really designed for the first world whiner. It's designed, <laughs> that, that's who it's for. It's, it, it, you know, I was 30 when I wrote it, probably younger, actually. I was late 20s when I wrote it. So, you know, is it full of wisdom? It is. And I know this because plenty of people who I admire and respect have told me out of the blue um, that this, including a huge number of doctors, funnily enough, it even got featured in the BMJ, formerly known as the British Medical Journal, is a book that every doctor should read, <laughs> bizarrely. Wow. Um, so, you know, professionals who have a tendency to take themselves too seriously, who get stuck in um, deflecting responsibility for themselves. It's a call to arms. There is, It says in the beginning of the book, there is nothing original or new in this book. It's a repackaging of common sense. It's just a reminder that A, things are within your control, and B, there is always an alternative. And and it's a book that you can read in the toilet. It, it was, you know, it, it's not a rehashing of blog posts, but about 25% of the book was originally written for the web. So each chapter is short and doable. And uh, I get a lot of positive feedback off it. You know, it's probably sold 80, 90,000 copies, which isn't a massive number in the scheme of things, but it's a downside better. And it's still in print after a decade. You know, it's a downside better than, than a lot of first books. So uh, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. And one day I'll let my kids read it. <laughs> well, as somebody who's on your email list, I get lots of emails from lots of different people every day. And I probably know you best outside of Book Yourself Solid and your book and your podcast as the guy who writes the best, most engaging, entertaining marketing emails ever. And and I remember the reason I got on your mailing list was because you you offered, uh, I think it was five things to do every day to see more sales. You remember what it was. To get more clients or make more sales in the next 60 days, yeah. Yeah. Is that still available anywhere? It is. So uh, matthewkimberley.com is where I've I've still got an opt-in. I was actually thinking about that earlier today because I've, I've kind of shifted my attention to put yourself solid and marketing for coaches mm. now. So marketing for coaches is where I'll be emailing regularly. That's available at marketingforcoaches.com in my own voice. Put yourself solid is is written in the company voice. Um, all those the emails are still delightful. Uh, but you can get a copy if you're a coach. Uh, I'd recommend you. Go. And even if you're not, if you're somebody who's interested in making more sales in your service business, marketingforcoaches.com is a great place to go and download that guide, which gives you an introduction to book yourself solids networking and marketing and sales strategies but also uh, get you on my list and i promise to write to you at least at least a couple of times a month and i think the emails will make you smile because that's the feedback i've had over the years and honestly if you are listening thinking why is bob suggesting i just get on somebody's mailing list matthew is worth it Hmm. so matthew if somebody wants to take things further with you if they want to connect with you how would you like them to do that? You can telegraph your intentions any which way you like. The safest way is to send me an email via any of my publicly available email addresses, matthew at matthewkimberley.com, matthew at bookyourselfsolid.com. This is difficult. This is breaking all the rules, right? You're not meant to have more than one, one call to action. <laughs> matthew at marketingforcoaches.com. 
because somebody else keeps an eye on my email inbox with me, which means it's not likely to fall between the tra- uh, the cracks. But if you'd like to send me an Instagram message or something, I, I, uh, I, I'm full of good intentions of replying. But I do love hearing from people and email is the best way to do that. All right. Matthew, I'm coming to the end of the interview and I have one question that I want to ask you, which I ask every guest. Usually I give them a tiny bit of warning, but I didn't give you any warning because the internet was causing us problems. But what's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? Taking Fridays off. Ooh, great answer. I did that for a while. It doesn't mean that I don't work Fridays. It means that I don't schedule anything Fridays. And often it means that I don't work. But we wear so many. I, I run a very lean business. I've got some support in the delivery and the administration and the marketing and put yourself solid. But I, you know, by intention, I partly because I used to run a very bloated business, I run a very lean business. And wearing that number of hats can cause you neck pain. And I think we have a duty to ourselves to make sure that we're taking off those hats and allowing our brains, to mix my metaphors, allowing our brains some breathing space. Uh, and once a week is a pretty good, pretty good rhythm for me. Awesome answer. Matthew, I've had great fun. It's always lovely to catch up with you. Can never get too much of that. Thank you so much for your time. And hopefully once all this pandemic is over, I'll get to see you again. If you've been listening to this podcast for just one episode or for the whole year, and if you are listening as this episode comes out, which is the week running up to Christmas, then I just want to say thank you very much for listening over the last 12 months. And I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a great new year and you start planning ahead right now for 2021 if you haven't started already. I know it's been a tough year for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be all bad. It's really very much what you make it. But let's have a reset. Let's look forward to 2021 and make that the best year you've ever had. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe. And if you haven't, join my Facebook group. You'll find a link in the show notes or visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. Follow me wherever you hang out. You'll find me at Bob Gentle. And if you do, message me, let me know, and that way I can follow you back. If you enjoyed the show, as always, it'd be a great Christmas gift if you were to pop a review on iTunes. That way, they will show the show to more people and it'll help me reach more subscribers. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Matthew for giving us his time this week and to you for listening. And see you next week. <laughs>